Can games be transcendent? And what is the magic circle, anyway? On this episode of Board Game Faith, the bi-weekly podcast that explores the intersection of board games, religion, and spirituality. We are so glad to have you tuning in today. My name is Daniel Hilty. I'm one of the co-hosts of Board Game Faith, along with... Kevin Taylor, the other one of the co-hosts, along with... Daniel Hilty, <laughs> along with my friend... Um, it is awesome to have you tuning in today. Thank you so much for uh, joining us on this uh, episode of Board Game of Faith. If you have listened to this podcast before, you may remember that we like to start each episode with a game. It is a podcast about games, after all. And if this is your first time listening to us, we're excited to get to introduce this idea of starting the podcast with a game uh, to you. So today we're going to be returning to a game that we have tried multiple times in the past, and that is an improv skit, an improv skit that culminates ultimately in a clap. And a clap is what officially gets the Board Game Faith episode going because, you know, we are a clap on technology activated. It's, it's basically like putting a ladder on a chair to change a light bulb. <laughs> it is. It is. Very rickety. It is. It is. It's the, it's the Rube Goldberg machine of podcasts exactly, right, right here. Exactly. Uh, that's exactly right. And so uh, for our improv skit, we take an, a, a situation from an improv generator on the internet and we take a randomly selected game from the top 200 games in the world, according to a website called BoardGameGeek.com. We mash them together. And we improvise a skit that tries to end in a clap. Now, are are you ready for this, Kevin? I'm, 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 I've shared this with you I'm before. Ready. All right, I'm going I'm to let the I'm going to let our awesome listeners know that here is the situation for today's improv skit. Um, by the way, I use the website canigeta.com, can i get a.com, an improv generating skit. And our improvised location is a doomed. Spaceship. In fact, I want to say that again. A doomed spaceship. In space. No one can hear you scream. <laughs> no but one can. they can. They hear you scream. <laughs> no In space. In space. And our game is the number 12 highest ranked board game in the world, according to the website Board Game Geek. Oh, I know Through, what this is. This is a yeah, Florida is game, it? isn't it? This is a Flotta game, number 12. It, it, it is a Flotta game, isn't it? It's Flotta, Through the Ages. What? Through the Ages. That's exactly number right. Number 12. Through the Ages, a new story of civilization. And you've played this, right, Kevin? I've played it. This was one of the first games that we kind of got that was more crunchy. So okay. I love this game. It's fun. But I also remember how much pain it cost us to figure out the rules because we had never played a game like this. And we were just so confused. As a first game, that would be really intense. Well, I mean, it's the first game we got that was crunchy. I think we'd played Pandemic and some other things, you know, but the first one that was in that complexity rating of 8 million or whatever. Right, right. Really high. I've yeah. never tried it, but I really want to. I've heard great things about it. It's um, a cool game. I've watched some videos on it. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So we're going to begin our skit uh, that leads us ultimately to the beginning of our episode. Um, this is a – Let me hit uh, a, record here. I'm going to hit record. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay, okay. Now we're recording. A doomed spaceship and somehow we have to work in through the ages and 
we have to end in a clap. You ready? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Let the improv skit begin. <laughs> Captain's log. Stardate 23.24.25.7b. Addendum. Metric equivalence. 14.3.6-alpha. Thank you, Assistance Droid. We barely, You're welcome. We barely escaped our uh, ordeal on planet Twinkie, where <laughs> Twinkies grew on trees and there were saber-toothed Twinkies. And I'm so tired of Twinkies now, but now... Now, I'm afraid our crew faces an even worse fate. But but what's that knock on the door? Captain. Yes? Captain. Yes. It's my the ship. My... Is, the ship is losing gravity. Oh, We've oh. entered a, Oh. Oh, Captain, no. I'm floating. Come back here. Oh, Can no. It's, it's, it's my trusted first mate. What's... I love you like a brother, but what's your name again? I, f- I forget. Tito. Tito, come back here, Tito. Grasp gonna... my suspenders. <laughs> Finally, your suspenders come in handy. I, I'm going to grab your space suspenders, which are way better than Earth suspenders. Okay. Okay, we got you. But Thank you. Oh, Tito, Captain. Tito, this is the worst fate ever, far worse than Twinkies. What's going on with Sir, her? Let's not let's not exaggerate, Captain. <laughs> Tweakies are one thing, Tito, but lost gravity. Why are we losing gravity? Oh, Captain, we were on this uh, exploratory trip to drop off a diplomat for an exchange rate at the capital of Rigelsium Four. You'll recall, and we yes. entered a bit of space and we saw an object oh. um, ahead. And as we got close, all of a sudden, gravity has stopped. Oh no! In fact, your iPad is floating in the corner. Oh no! I, I thought that was—I thought that was a floater in my eye. So thanks for letting me know. I'll grab—I'll grab the old captain's getting older. So somehow our loss of gravity is related to this object that's floating ahead of us in space. Can can we get a visual on that, Tito? Uh, I'll have to use your iPad, sir. <laughs> It's a catchy iPad tune. <laughs> Let me uh, bring up the navigator. Did the transition work? That was fantastic. You heard it? Okay. I did. There's a I preview did. and a live. I wasn't sure if I did it right. I know. Okay, it's great. Okay. okay. Sorry. Got to get in character. Okay okay, okay. 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 All right. Captain, it looks like a sort of abandoned vessel. I think we should board it. Captain, do you ever feel like we're in a sci-fi fictional world? Mm, Tito, what I like about you is you always ask the deep questions. Yes, in fact, yes, I do. Sometimes I feel like we're in a sci-fi show and and only people can hear our audio for some reason and it's all just a big silly skit. But then I think, nah, nah. Who Don't listen fooling? to it, Captain. Don't listen no. to it. Shall we go aboard the ship? Let's go. Okay, are we got to enter the enter the ship?
the ship is clown horn powered. <laughs> oh, look, 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 Tito, we're docking. We're docking the ship oh, now. Stop it. It's clown horn powered. <laughs> Captain, remember when we used to have nuclear power and, and gas gas uh, turbine engines? Now we have. Oh, it's so wonderful to get clown powered technology. It's good, green, clean energy. <laughs> it's a little annoying, but we're not killing the environment. Just killing our childhood <laughs> dreams, Captain. That's it's worth right. it. Okay, we've docked. We've docked. I think are the. Are... Did you hear something? I did. What was that, Tito? It sounded uh, like we a need to investigate. A clap? No. Okay, that's investigate. No, I'll let you lead, lead the Those way. have been forbidden since the UN Resolution Two Three Six Five Delta. You don't want to mess with claps, no. 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 What? What is that up ahead? Do you see it? It appears to be a table, sir. Table with felt on it. Clearly, this was an alien race that enjoyed the finer things in life. (laughs) We're dealing with advanced technology here, Captain. (laughs) Great. There are little pieces of paper that that have been colored and glued together. Shall we sit down and and take a look? I think we have to. It's the only way to activate this alien ship. What is this? I I remember these images from my history teaching robot from my childhood. Uh, this, I believe, was a ancient American president named Abraham Lincoln. And oh, I I think this was an Egyptian leader named Cleopatra. What kind of game is this? I don't know, sir. <laughs> this is very strange, but I it's something. There's a presence here. And it's forcing me to. Uh, I must draw a card. Oh. <laughs> agriculture, sir. Oh, be careful with the agriculture card, Tito. You never know what'll spring up from the agriculture card. Sir, there are dice to this game. I don't see any dice. I, I, uh. Can you play a game without dice? What Surely strange these alien culture? Very peculiar. Oh, no. Here Shall in our we... advanced society, we only have Yahtzee. <laughs> That's how it's pronounced now. Language changes, of course. It is. And I'm, I'm glad <laughs> that Nice little hint of realism there, <laughs> denoting the evolution of the English language. I, I've, I've hired a, uh, a speech coach to help me with my alien voices. 100 it, bucks it, an hour. I think it's a deal. It is a good deal. It's a good deal. A good deal. This is way better than Yahtzee. Yahtzee. <laughs> Sir, so I think it's – oh, there's a pain in my side. I think oh. you have to take your turn and hurry. It's hurting. Okay. I, I, I draw this card and I see um, oh. flying buttresses. Buttresses. <laughs> this people is a new... say the Middle Ages were boring. No, I, I can now support walls from the outside. This is genius. This buttress looks like a – it's almost like an alien shape. It is. It is. Like a great caterpillar. Oh, 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 yes, yes. Did you hear something, sir? Tito, I heard that noise again. Look, look there in the corner. I see eyes, many eyes staring at us. We seem to have an alien audience. It's an alien race of 
very cute little creatures that look like living Twinkies. <laughs> they must have. <laughs> they Sir, must... I think they, they must have germinated on our spacesuits. I think they I think did. this and, is their home. And, and look, they seem so happy for us to be playing this game. Perhaps this is the national game of planet Twinkiopia. Perhaps they're going to applaud us. I will say the word Yahtzee. Yahtzee! No, they're crying. They're crying. No, no, no. Sir, what do they want? I don't I, know. Oh, oh. <laughs> There's something in my stomach. Oh, it's coming out, sir. I think it's happiness. Oh, oh it's, that's, the, that's, that's the curse of happiness, Tito. It's the curse of happiness. I think they are. I should applaud you. Shall I applaud you? For what, sir? For I'm just doing my job. Which oh, is no. dying. I have no, a red okay. suit on. No, no, Tito. <laughs> you have taught the little Twinkie-shaped Twinkieopolis people oh. and myself the most valuable lesson of all, which is that that which we have always sought, happiness, is really inside of us all along. And for that, fine, sir. Sir, that's really stupid. <laughs> I am... <laughs> For that, fine sir. Shall I applaud you? Yes, please. I applaud you, Tito. On the count of three. One, a two. Here comes three. A three. (laughs) Yes. By the way, we now have the ability in our podcast to skip chapters. Mm. So the people that have figured that out have already pressed that button. Yes, good. good. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it gets us – it brings us joy. Yeah. Yeah, And, and Kevin, thank you to you for figuring out how to do the chapter – Demarcations in the in the podcast. I know that'll be helpful for a lot of people. For yes, those of so you if, who are to, if your player supports it, I don't know that every podcast player supports it. Right, uh, Kevin really is the tech genius behind all of this and puts in so much work in trying to produce this um, beautifully produced podcast. And so, Kevin, thank you very much. Yes, my my pleasure. Well, we have some mail in our mailbag. We do, we do. Uh, this week's mail is a little bit different um, than than what we've had before. I guess we better open up our mailbag. Mailbag. <laughs> we open up the mailbag, and uh, actually, this week all we had was um, it, it was an interesting. It was more of a comment. It was just more of a comment, but it was from a, um, a Campfire Games LLC, Campfire Games LLC on on Instagram, um, who. Um, expresses a, a deep interest in the overlap of, of gaming and stories and narratives and how how games can be a vehicle for telling these stories that um, that provide us kind of a um, almost kind of a higher level sense of um, of, um, of meaning and purpose and awareness and um, and Campfire Games LLC suggested that uh, something we might want to consider sometime on Board Game Faith is a an essay written by J.R.R. Tolkien 
called On Fairy Stories. On Fairy Stories. And apparently it's a, it's a work on um, Tolkien's thinking about how how stories can play significant roles in, in, in our lives, especially the more fantastic kind. And so, yeah, I'm just really – I'm grateful for a Campfire um, Games LLC. We're yeah, grateful. That's, that's a good topic for yeah. a future episode. I've never actually read that essay, but I've seen it referenced. And Tolkien is, of course, famous for Lord of the Rings. So mm-hmm. I believe he gets into the idea that fantasy is a genre for religious thinking. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and we might think of, for him, Christianity inherits and sort of excels as a fairy story. Mm, it's like mm. a genre. Neat. Um, so I think that's where it goes. Have you read it? I've not. I've not. No. I, I never. I you were ahead of me. I've never even heard of it until until okay. Campfire Games LLC mentioned it. Yeah. But I'd I'd love to learn more about it. And yeah, maybe so read thank it. you for that. And, yeah. Thank uh, you. Invite so much. people to submit other ideas and feedback and thoughts through Instagram or our Discord server. And you can find those links below. Yep. Yep. Sounds great. But I think his comments, um, and I know it's a he because we chatted offline a little bit, um, Mm -hmm. his comments um, uh, are a natural segue to our our larger topic for the day, our main topic for the day. Kevin, I want to turn that over to you for that part. topic for today is is really about games being transcendent. And one way to think about that is how games create magic circles. And from what I understand, magic circles are kind of a way of thinking about some religious practices, but then they've been applied to games and virtual reality and, and video games that house you're creating a world. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, the the circle is where the normal rules of life are suspended and different mm-hmm. rules are in effect. And one thing that struck me is is the reality of then you eventually leave the circle. You can't stay in it. So you return to normal reality. So one of the questions is how porous is the magic circle mm-hmm. in the sense mm-hmm. of like, you know, what do you get from being in the magic circle? What do you what do you bring to it? What do you come in and out of it? So games create those moments of magic because all of a sudden people feel like they're, I don't know, it, it is kind of magic. Like you're creating a world or you're creating an experience or you're, you're, everyone has suddenly forgotten their troubles yep, or yep. is engaged in something. And, and there's a trans, you're being transported to somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, what, what are your thoughts about how would you approach it? You've done more reading about this than I have. No, I love that, and, and yeah, I mean, not, not 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 a lot more, but yeah, that's that's I I love that the sense that um, games create this place, as you said, where um, the rules of normal life are suspended, you know, and you you enter even temporarily this this place where you you. You live by a different set of rules. You play by a different set of rules. You're able to actually occupy a different identity than you know than, than you occupy during the rest of your life. And and like you said, it's 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 within these confines of what has come to be called a magic circle. Um, I um, yeah, I did did a little reading on that. I'm sure. It, um, and Kevin, I know you and I were talking about that as well. Um, um, the the concept of a magic circle actually uh, dates dates back to uh, um, 
to, to an ancient um, sacred text in Hinduism, um, speaking of board games and religion, um, it has its, its roots in, in an ancient Hindu text um, in which um, there is described this, this, this dice game, this dice game. The text is the Mahabharata. I hope I'm saying that right. And there's this dice game, and and uh, and folks gather together to play this, this dice game. But first, they have to carefully draw a literal circle on the ground. And there's this there's this great attention paid to the paid to the circle, and you can't leave that circle right until you have abided by its rules, oh. and uh, you know and fulfilled. So you cannot leave. That's my understanding. Yeah, and then and then this is so this idea from an ancient Hindu text is um, um, then um, brought up, further discussed by uh, a Dutch philosopher that we've mentioned before, Johan Huizinga, um, who... Yeah, um, I, I, he comes up all the, for me all, every day. I, I know. I, I, I see you're wearing your Johan Huizinga t-shirt today, too. That's it. I love it. I love it. Um, and uh, the... Um, and, and, you know, he wrote this book called Homo Ludens, this idea that we are playing creatures, we are gaming creatures. And he, he brings up – and I think – so he – this idea of the magic circle from this ancient Hindu text resurfaces in Homo Ludens. And then it's caught up more, more currently by um, um, folks Eric Zimmerman, Frank Lance, Katie Salen who kind of use the term and, and refine it and popularize it. So I think that's kind of a little bit of a history, but I find that interesting that you know that the the very idea of a magic circle related to a game has its roots in religion, right? Has its its roots in this faith, this faith tradition, um, and uh, and I thought you know, Kevin, you've you've your question about how porous that is, I, I find really fascinating as well. I mean, could you would you mind saying a little bit more about that? I mean, what sort of questions do you have about how much you can move in and out of that circle. I, I guess part of it is why have you entered the circle? Like you must have entered it for some reason. And what do you bring with it when you leave it? Mm-hmm. And, and of course, how does whatever happens in the circle, how does that impact your daily life outside of the circle? Right. Right. Type thing. So for example, yeah. you might think of it as cathartic, which was the, Aristotle's idea about watching tragic plays. So the profound question of why would you watch something sad or listen to a sad country song, you know, as today. And it's that it is strangely, it it purges us, it cleanses us. So you might Mm -hmm. find a game makes you feel better. And things can do that. Music can do that. Religion can do that, the arts and theater, movie. You can come away in a different mood, a different mindset because something has been purged from you. Mm -hmm. So maybe Mm -hmm. you enter the magic circle and you play that game because it lets you reset your anxieties or it lets you – you're angry about something. It lets you work out some of that anger or frustration. Mm -hmm. And maybe Mm -hmm. video games are a little more – obviously connected to the anger because you can kind of whack, 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 whereas a board game is often a bit more of waiting turns and pieces of paper. So it may not be quite as cathartic as uh, fighting dark Sith Jedis in some video game. That you right, play, right, right, right. Right. But, but yeah, that seems to me is part of the circle is the fact that it's not real life. Mm-hmm, of course, that, mm-hmm. that connects with 
church or a house of worship in that in theory as you've gone in you're changed and you come out changed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so the the service in, the service begins and the service ends and hopefully that different reality impacts this world so what do you think which kind of brings up the question i mean i mean yeah no no that's so good and which kind of brings up the question like i mean like is it but is it real? You know, is it is it real life too? You know, but is is it just a different part of real life? You know what I mean? Like I, I kind of like. Um, hmm. I guess what I think I, a couple things that make that makes me think of it, but in particular, I, I I read a story a couple years ago now, and I apologize, I have lost track of where I read it and who wrote it. So if you happen to be listening to this, I. I um and you and you know what I'm talking about. Please uh, let us know on the Discord, or uh, I'd, I'd love to hear about it. As I recall, I think I, it came out of Canada, um, but there was a, a piece of writing from a father who wrote about the role of board games for him and his son, while and it was a young son, um, like a child, while his his son was going through these pretty intense cancer treatments, radiation and chemotherapy, something that's obviously horrible and difficult for anyone to go through, but especially a child. And, and the father talked about these moments at the end of their day when they would come together and they would play board games together. And it was... It was this magic circle that forced them, at least for a little while, to stop putting their energy and thoughts on this very difficult, draining part of life and putting their energy and thoughts toward this part of life that was very joyous and life-giving, you know, and that, that, and that was, and it was, it was like, it was like a forced reminder of the good parts of life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, um, um. And I just I, he wrote about it beautifully, but I, I think about that in terms of in in terms of this this idea of of uh, of the magic circle because in a way what you meet inside the magic circle is not and maybe I'm wrong but you know it's not necessarily a different aspect of life I mean I mean it's part of life the same reality that we inhabit. But it's just a different part that we that we often overlook. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? It's so interesting. Yeah, I, I, um, I guess in some ways it's a glimpse of where how things should be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess. I guess is this world to be repaired so it we don't need magic circles in a sense, like like. Are the magic circles helping us make this world more like it should be? Or is this world kind of so 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 filled with bad? I don't know. I don't know if that's the right word. But is this world so corrupted that we almost have to escape into a magic circle? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. almost apocalyptic, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. does this world have to be broken to be remade? And do we escape into the magic circle to find ourselves? Mm, or does the magic mm. circle restore mm. how we should be? And, and I'm thinking about the grasshopper as well. That in the grasshopper, the point is 
we are supposed to stay in the circle, right? We should just be playing games if we're right, authentically right. human. Right, or is the world, yeah. I mean, in a way, is the magic circle kind of a lens that just helps us to see our reality mm-hmm. in different terms. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying reminds me also of, you know, related concept of liminal space, um, which is, um, and I know, are, are you okay if we talk about liminal space now at this point, Kevin? Or, or uh, I need five point? seconds. Okay, I'm going to wait five seconds. Okay, we're good. Okay, good. You know what we Thank should you. talk about? Yeah? Liminal space. Oh, You're so it's good. A great time. You're yeah, so good, good, Kevin. You're so, so good. good. Yeah. Thank you. I love it. That's why, that's why I love you, man. All right, yeah. Liminal space, I think, is a related concept. Um, you know, I first encountered the, the phrase liminal space from a gentleman named Richard Rohr, who's a Franciscan uh, writer and monk contemporary. Um, but the idea is, is uh, the word liminal comes from this – Latin word that for threshold, you know, the threshold, you know, as, as we don't really even use that word very much anymore either, but the threshold is, um, you know, this, this literally like a board between one room and another, right? And it's, it's literally to kind of hold the, the thresh in when people were threshing grain. But, um, but it's, it, what that means metaphorically is, is it's the threshold is this the space in between two worlds, right? This overlapping between two worlds. And liminal space is just kind of the fancy schmancy way of saying that, right? This Kind the, of a this, doorway. Like yeah, a doorway this doorway between two worlds. Um, you know, I think the, the there's a Celtic tradition of talking about thin spaces, right? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of the same thing. There's this, there's this area, there are these places in our world where heaven is just almost peeking through in this in the world. And, and, and liminal space is this kind of same idea, this, this threshold between heaven and earth. And I, I, what I hear that is kind of the magic circles are kind of that maybe that way too. That you know when we mm-hmm. enter these magic circles and we play games, that we, in a, some ways, kind of the what I hear you suggesting maybe Kevin is the the um, the space between um, the hurts of this world and um, heaven. That space where it's thin, maybe in the in those mm-hmm. in those moments. Um, I don't know. Does any of that resonate or? No, absolutely. I think that the, the spins, the, the, the spin spaces, <laughs> the thin spaces. <laughs> that was my favorite are, are, band from the 90s. Yeah, I love the thin spaces. Yeah, yeah they were yeah. great. Yeah. Um, great set of hair on that guitarist. The, the thin spaces. Yeah. That there are places that are, I mean, this is why so many religions like mountains because mountains sort of feel or they're, yeah. they're physically close to the heavens. Yeah. And that was traditionally thought of where the gods are in many religions, not all of them. And so that feels like you're getting a different perspective. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I can see the liminal spaces or areas that, we get a glimpse of something. I guess I still like this idea that we have to come down from the mountaintop. So mm-hmm. if you're going up mm-hmm. to the mountain, you eventually have to get back and on this side of utopia or this side of paradise. Mm-hmm. We still have to we, – we, we want to try to carry the mountain with us, but we – in terms of what we gain from it, but we are still uh, – we can't live on the mountain yet. Mm-hmm. So we have to continue to navigate those – paradoxes 
So are there things from the magic circles of playing games that, that we can carry with us outside the magic circle? Yeah. Yeah, I think... So we've been talking about the game Brass Birmingham, Birmingham, Birmingham uh, some, and that's just much love game. And I yeah. only recently got it and you I knew of it. Yeah. And I, I'm getting ahead a little bit here, but we had talked about maybe some examples of magic circles. And I had this nice moment this past week where all of my fam, well, we've got one son who's away in school, but the other two and my wife, we were all playing it and we were all into it. And it's like this weird bit where everybody is sharing attention. And you think about how rare that is because it, you're on electronics or you're on your own screens or you're even watching a movie, you're not really engaged with the others. If you're reading a book, you're not engaged with the others. But this weird bit of we're all doing this thing, but we're kind of laughing together. Like we're engaged with each other and the game. Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. It's almost like the old bit about people would smoke at parties because like smoke cigarettes because they needed something to do with their hands. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you you have yeah. a drink and a, and a cigarette because you then it makes you feel less socially awkward. And in a weird way, the game can bring people together because they're not as socially awkward. Yeah, yeah. So I don't have to think about a conversation or try to remember, you know, where you live or what your job is. We can just do this thing together, yeah. and all of a sudden something sparks. So yeah, that was kind of a magic circle that Sounds everyone kind of walked away. Like it was, yeah, like it, we, so we had this memory now. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I think that's, that's how the, was that what you asked? What did yeah, you Yeah, yeah. So that you carry with you these, these memories of these yeah, shared these magic moments together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And in the Christian I context, that. I guess I'm thinking of Jesus was transfigured or, or Moses going up the mountain and coming back down. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we see that in religious traditions of, of these key moments that people are supposed to carry with them. Or for Christians, a Last Supper or yeah, Holy Communion, yeah. right? So these things kind of echo deeply. Yeah, yeah. I would think I, for a, a Muslim going on the um, – Going to Mecca on the pilgrimage, the Hajj, like mm-hmm, that's both an mm-hmm. expectation and then doing it and then, of course, carrying that with you. Like that's a similar – that's mm-hmm. where the magic circle – like I would think that the Hajj is like – is tra- would transform Mecca into a magic circle. Yeah. Because otherwise I, it's a city with holy sites, right? But now all of a sudden it's something else. Right. I got that impression everyone also. goes together, right? Everybody, right, right. There's one annual sort of moment. That's yeah. a great example. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, no, no. I got that impression also from my friends who are Jewish when they talk about the Passover Seder. You know, just the sense of kind of a, it's, it's sort of this, this great deep sense of history, right? That you're connected with, you know, this just generations before you who have gathered around this meal together. Um, uh, other examples from the kind of religious traditions makes me think of, um, you know, in. in um, in Genesis 28, there's, you know, the Jacob's ladder story that some of us may, might know, you know, where Jacob is this guy in the Bible, um, in, in the He's Jewish Bible, just this dude. Um, actually, He's I'm sure he has, dudes. he has a role, I'm sure probably in, in all three, yeah. um, of, of, um, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, but he, he, um, 
he has this moment when he's out in the wilderness and all of a sudden he has this dream and the dream, the dream, he sees uh, this ladder and angel is going up and down from heaven and earth and, you know, and he sees, and then uh, it's this very, the kind of this very much kind of liminal space, thin space, magic circle kind of moment, right? Where the heaven and earth are, are, are like, you're like mixing into each other. Yeah, and, yeah. and then he, he wakes up and he says, he says, oh, surely God was in this place. Right. And I didn't realize it. Um, and, I, and I think that's kind of a, that's a magic it, circle moment. It, it, and he'd also fallen asleep with his head on a rock. So it's so, almost like it was a very, that'll yeah, do it. I, no, I love that. That's so great. And you're absolutely right. Yeah. That, that this in the, in the midst of the ordinary, the extraordinary erupts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and I'm, even I'm, Moses has to take his shoes off right mm-hmm. with the burning bush. Cause like mm-hmm. he just thought he was out tending the goats mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, bam, something happens. Yeah. 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 The, I'm less familiar with, even less familiar, less familiar with a lot of traditions than I than I should be, but even less so with with Buddhism. But I understand in Buddhism there's this sense of, of the pure land, um, and and if I'm understanding it right, maybe there's this sense that, that the pure land where it is, uh, you know, conditions are just right, especially for enlightenment, um, that 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 pure land can you know can overlap this land too if we're willing to kind of look at it in the same oh, really? in, the right, in the right way. Um, huh. Not just kind of like a distant one day heavenly kind of thing. I may be wrong on that, but that's my understanding. But if, if any of our listeners out there know, please please let us know. Um, the but so so Kevin, so here's a question it, it this raises hearing you talk about it, and hearing myself talk about it, and think about it. Um, And I'm I'm just I'm quoting some other authors I've thought of here. Um, you know, there's this there's this thought that I hope you don't mind that I keep thinking about this idea of kind of what is reality and what is the real world and what is games. You know, no, I think that. it's a good question. Yeah. So you know, there's well, think there's this Robert Neal wrote the power of no in praise of play and. Um, I hope I got that name right. Um, and um, what he says is that, um, you know, there's a sense that play is a distraction from the really important things of life, right? But like, but he kind of turns on the head and says, you know, what if, what if the play is the really important stuff in life, you know? And it's very much kind of the grasshopper thing, right? You know, and everything else mm-hmm. is a distraction from that. And and, and it just makes you wonder about, you know, when we go into the magic circle to play a game, to play with others, you know, is that is, – is that getting away from the rest of life or is – or are those little like oases where we're actually like – living life as it's supposed to be, you know, or, or, and, and I, you know, I don't know, like, like, which is the distraction, you know, <laughs> is the right. distraction what's inside the magic circle or is the distraction what's outside the magic circle? You know, where, where is the locus of where, where, where is real life? You know, is real life inside the magic circle or out of it? You know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, and maybe I'm fooling Yeah, I still, as, as I read the grasshopper and I think, yeah. um, uh, this side of utopia or paradise, um, ultimately, we are going to have to eat and drink and 
per, have shelter. So, yeah. so, and I think the grasshopper kind of ends this way that it, it's, it's, yes, it is a glimpse of true reality, but we can't fully grasp it right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we have yeah. to be in the cleft of the rock and, mm. and right. Cause we can't see things face to face right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's just the way it is. So if, if you stayed in the magic circle, you would, like, you would eventually starve. Yeah. 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 So I, I guess I still want to hold on to that, but yes, it is a glimpse of how things should be mm. because as the grasshopper is suggesting, if we had no scarcity, all we would do is play games. Right. And I still think maybe tell stories, but I know. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Suits like you, you disagrees before. with that, but yeah, that is interesting. tries to, tries to dismiss that, but I, I don't know. I'd ha- I'm still thinking about that one. Yeah. So how about um, – um, are there but any – go ahead. What's attracted me to this idea though is just thinking of how many magic circles we live in. If we take it yes. kind of as a metaphor yeah. that – and I'm kind of thinking of it as roles that I play. But yeah. as a as a – as a parent, as a child, you know, to my own parents, that we kind of step into these various circles. Yeah. Uh, homeowner, mm-hmm. <laughs> got to mm-hmm. mow the grass, uh, work your job. Like you, we kind of step between these different realities constantly. Yeah. And how the weird rules apply. And then we leave them and we enter a different, I don't know, it's almost like successive realities. If you think of the magic circle as, as you know, you've got your work hat, your home hat, and your weekend hat. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess that's what's attracted me is thinking of everything is almost, it's almost like a different game. Mm. One circle ends and another one begins and you go yes. to this circle and yes. that circle. Because you're always going through doorways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's true. That's sort of an intriguing concept. So are there some, well, before I get to that, um, I guess it makes me. I, I, I know you and I talked about me ending with some examples of magic circle games, magic circle moments yes. for us personally, and, and a love for us. But before that, though, I mean, are there any? Uh, what what lessons would this idea of games as magic circles, or or I mean, are, are there any implications for that for the rest of life, or lessons for that for the rest of life? It's something I've been thinking about and preparation for this episode. And I don't know if that spurs any thoughts from you or, um, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think magic, if, if we understand that games are an opportunity to maybe be our best selves in a weird way or mm-hmm. religion as an opportunity to be our, or maybe I shouldn't say best, our most authentic selves, which in some ways are our best selves because mm-hmm. we're finding out who we really are. Yeah. Yeah. And so in games, um, it's an opportunity to say, I'm going to relax and enjoy this. And um, I mean, I guess it may not be relaxing if it's a Euro type complicated game, but you get, get, you get to interact with people in a special way and you get to sort of leave everything else behind. So I guess one practical application is you probably shouldn't be texting at the gaming table. Uh-huh, or uh-huh. you shouldn't be texting in the mosque or church because you're in the magic circle and it doesn't work that way unless uh-huh. you know there's a family emergency or you're on call for a job. I mean, there's some exceptions, but right. 
But uh, in the magic circle, you really want to create something and you got to follow the rules. So There's I think, no cell phone reception in the magic circle. No, there shouldn't be. Yeah. And if you're not careful, that breaks the magic circle and then the monsters get you. Like yeah. in Supernatural, they're always putting the silly TV show that can be fun. If you've ever seen it, they always do a salt circle around when they oh, do yeah, a magic yeah. spell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because, you know, demons and monsters, they, they're defeated by salt. <laughs> But, of course, somebody has to accidentally kick the salt open <laughs> so then they get in. So there always has to be a trick how, of something. How terrifying are these monsters, that, uh, really, if, if, if salt can defeat them? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And these poor monsters, yeah, they never can eat any food with salt. Like, you're just that's, a vampire and you're like, God, this blood could use some salt. That's, you, why they're, that's why they're not in a good mood because I mean, <laughs> all their food is flavorless. <laughs> yeah, it's let's like, not even bring up habaneros or anything interesting. <laughs> Uh, low salt diet oh that's funny uh yeah yeah i think that's one lesson is is that we need to follow the rules of the the magic circle and it's okay to say you know i don't want to play a game right now or i don't i'm not wanting to do this so it's better to not enter the magic circle than enter it reluctantly and then break its rules such a point yeah right so you need to have agency and buy-in um, and you need to go along with it, which is is that you should be playing at your best to win mm-hmm. within a reasonable manner. I, there was actually a, a discussion about this on Reddit that somebody was complaining that in their board game group playing Twilight Imperium, there's one person that never tries to win. They just kind of free range attack people and have fun. Mm-hmm. But it upsets the other players because if you're not trying to win, you break the game. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to win, and this goes back to the grasshopper. You have to really try to win on a certain right, level, right? Right. Like on our on our episode work. is winning the point. Yeah, the idea that yes, that, call back. In a, Take a, in a listen way, to that. That's yeah. right. We have an episode about that. Yeah, but this idea that winning may not be the point, but it's necessary for us to try to win for the game to, to work. That's the role of the yeah. magic circle. Yeah. 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 And and the magic circle maybe for religion is you're going to be honest and you're going to enter this space and you're going to right abide by the rules of of stand sit sing a hymn right and um right I and you go that. along with it and sometimes you're and I guess it religion's a little trickier cuz there is a bit more of a you go to church or you go to mosque or temple and you're not always in the mood for that. That's just mm-hmm. reality. Mm-hmm. Versus games are a bit more. We can say no, right? But I, I, it's really good though that entrance admission to the magic circle is. You really want to be in the magic circle, you know? Like it doesn't it doesn't work if that's not something that you, 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 you want. It, Kills yeah. the mood, doesn't it? Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, thank you. What thank about you? you? Do you think of any? Well, life the only lessons. Thing, you know, it just reminds – the only th- thing that it brought to my mind was the sense that I think entering a magic circle of a game in which these other rules exist and and you're aware that, that for a brief period of time you're playing by a different set of rules, I, I, I think it, it can kind of, at least for me, highlight – that the rules we live our lives by are 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 not quite as um, immutable and unchanging as we think they are, and I, I mean this in a good way, not in a bad way. I'm, I'm not saying that we 
throw out rules like it's important to love people and care for people. What what I mean is, you know, when life seems so restrictive, you know, like when we come up against some oppressive part of life and we just think, well, that's just the way it's going to always be, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's just – it's like it's a rule. This is the rule of nature that life is always going to be this way. The magic circle kind of teaches us that, you know – maybe there are some ways that we can change the rules and maybe there are some ways that we can live by a different set of rules. Maybe we can leave some rules behind. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're not quite as bound to the rules as we think we are. And I guess that's – and, and you, you mentioned communion, communion in the Christian tradition. That makes me kind of think of that as well, you know, that um, 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 outside of the church and the Christian tradition, it's no surprise to anyone, you know, there's this huge spectrum of – opinions and beliefs and politics among Christians, as is true for every religion, right? You know, and just have the worst time trying to get along, as again, as is true for every religion. But in the communion line, you know, in worship, when we come forward for communion in worship and communion for those of us who aren't Christian, it's this idea where you come forward and you receive bread and wine or juice and you, you eat it together. In that moment, like the rule is, the unspoken rule is, we're all a part of each other. We all belong to each other. And for that brief moment, it's like there's this wonderful sense of togetherness. And it's it's this nice reminder that um, mm-hmm. maybe the rule out in the world that we have to be divided doesn't have to have a last word, sort of. Yes, yes. It's, so, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, well... Kevin, can we end – you want to end by talking about some some board games that have – provided magic circle moments for us and would that be okay and i know you've, you've mentioned you've alluded to one already yeah in, let's, in do, brass let's birmingham. do that um, okay uh, yeah brass birmingham is has been a game that that god it, it's i'm really mesmerized by this game because it's a hard yeah. crunchy euro game but yeah most euro games you're kind of doing it's parallel play you're sort of doing your board Mm-hmm. And everyone else, but but in this in Brass Birmingham, you have to pay attention to the common board and your own board. So it, it it's it, there's yeah. that as well as it's such a dry theme. You're mm-hmm. industrialists in the 1700s, but everyone in my family gravitated to it for some reason. There, it's just something. It's like almost like a train game, and then you get to wipe the board and start over, and you get to. As well as the resources are on the board instead of on your little tableau, so there's mm-hmm. just yeah I don't know there's something I, I just think that game is such a triumph and I see why it's number two in Board Game Geek of yeah. best game yeah. of all time because it it's just it should not work yeah and it, but it does so I would add, I would do that I always go back to um, Twilight Imperium four just because mm-hmm. there's just been so many funny moments um, of of invested in the game and then all of a sudden someone can pass a law that closes all wormholes and it's just like <laughs> and then people vote on it and it just you get so invested in this thing that's really absurd and i i love those moments there's a real sense of community like this is fun it matters but it also doesn't matter because this is yeah. stupid i'm a i'm a space cat right like, <laughs> I, I just love that absurd moment yeah, um, yeah so that kind of thing and then pandemic season one and there's a turning moment that's a surprise in that game that I won't speak of, but we didn't know it was coming. And there was such a, oh my gosh, it was kind of like, 
you know, seeing Empire Strikes Back as a kid for the first time. You're like, yeah, oh my gosh. Right. And you're Indeed. just like, I can't believe they did that. So, That's so I, cool. I love that. And it's a communal, it's a memory. I guess, again, it's it's the memory of the circle stays with me. So what I about that. you? All, all of your examples really talk about community as, a, as an important part of, of that magic circle moment. Yeah. I love that. Notice That's my great. memories are not of winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, actually, I think it's a really important point. Yeah. What well, makes, it's, it's one I've learned over – uh, years of playing. <laughs> yeah, no, I, well, I think that's I think that's valid though. A valid well, point. You know, I, I think a lot of people think I'd like to win. Games can't be fun unless you win them. But your best memories of games don't necessarily involve games that you're winning. Yeah, I I, I love that. That's so right. cool. Yeah, you know, and I, I'd say the same way. I mean, I play a lot of I play a lot of solo games, but n- none of them are my favorite memories. You know. Um, um, mm. They're, they're kind of more just like, you know, keep my brain occupied at the end of a day or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I, my magic circle moments, I think, are very similar. They involve community. They're um, – and I find they're games that involve a large number of people too. Um, three of them came to mind. Brass Birmingham is a fantastic choice. I, I, I wasn't one I picked, but that's also one of my favorite games. I love that. Um, one is Scythe. Um, and, you know – I like Scythe fine. It's not typically my kind of game. You know, there, there's a little bit of a um, of a battle element to it, which is not my typical kind of game. Not not a lot, but a little bit. But I've had games of Scythe that I've just played with a lot of people, and I just I just feel I feel like I've got to go through a reentry process to come back into the world. You know, I just feel like I've visited another world for a while, and it's just and it's beautiful with these with these people, with these friends in my family. Um, Another one like that is Caverna. I've mentioned Caverna before. And, you know, Caverna is not the most beautiful game in the world. Uh, and the theme is odd. But for a while there, I just feel like I'm hanging out with my family trying to mine for coal and gems inside the mountain and cutting down trees and raising sheep outside the mountain. And and uh, and I just, feel, I, I just feel like I've gone to a little fantasy world for a while. Um, and then the last thing that came to mind was um, – it's this game called Chinatown, um, which is kind of a it, it's a it's a it is like pure negotiation. It's it's like a pure negotiation game, and what makes me feel like Magic Circle for that is I I say things and I be, do things that I would never do normally right. in my life outside of it because I'm like I'm like hey have I got a deal for you you know like you know and I, I try to I try to sell these things you're like Yo, come you on finally you're get, get to use your voices that's right that's right. <laughs> Um, and just this role of negotiator is, is uh-huh. and trying to negotiate a deal and get the most money out of out of somebody else is just something I would never I I don't think I would do, but it was um it's, so it's cool to kind of put on that hat for a while. So those are some examples that that occur to me. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm going to add too. For some reason, you're, you're reminding me. You talk about negotiating. We've had the game Detective. Uh, oh. It's got a, a detective crime in L.A. or something. It's got some yeah appellation to it yeah and we've played it we haven't played through all of them and it you know it's kind of a it's sort of a funky game but you sort of have a games master dungeon master to it and one of the one of the really interesting bits is watching my middle child do that and be really good at it like sort of like you sure you want to do that (laughs) just torturing us and playing and trying to figure out what he's doing and he was hamming it up and Never seen that side of them. So as you're saying, it lets us lets us put on a mask and be someone else for a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah. And that's really fun, and it may empower you. Mm-hmm. You may realize mm-hmm. something try on about a different yourself. role. 
try out a different role or at least, yeah, get to be sneaky for once in your life, which can just be fun in a safe place Yeah, right, yeah. when it's a game. I was just looking it up. Is it Detective City of Angels? That's it, City of Angels. Okay. I knew it had okay. an L.A. bit, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it's supposed cool. to be like a hard-boiled criminal or crime detective thing. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad you've made those, those additions. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Thank you for reminding me of the additions. <laughs> well, well, so I think for preview of next week, next episode, which is two weeks from now, Kevin, I think you should share because you have been you have you have been hard at work at it. Oh no, because uh, this guy is such a nice guy. So we have got Alex Radcliffe, who is a board game entrepreneur in some ways. He has a YouTube channel called Board Game Co. And he has been reviewing and talking about board games and board game news as well as his life. So he's really interesting. I, you know, it's one of the great miracles of YouTube. It'll surface someone like this on your feed and then you start watching it and you really enjoy this person. So I've enjoyed watching Alex Radcliffe, Board Game, board game Co., C-O, Board Game Co. on YouTube. And he is now going to be the chief marketing officer at GameFound. So he has recently announced this uh, life change. And Board Game Co., which is his company that was buying and selling used games as a marketplace, he's in the midst of shutting that down or selling it. So a lot of interesting things going on. And Alex Radcliffe is Jewish, so he's going to bring in some uh, questions about Judaism and board games and how that might play out, which is awesome because we've had um, Christianity, we've had Islam, we've had Judaism, and we continue to want to hear about other people's experiences. So, so I know excited you're excited, Daniel. That. I'm I'm super excited. I, I yeah no thank you for this is this is more exciting than the Planet of the Twinkies, for sure. It's, it's, well, no, let's not exaggerate. It's, it's great. It's great. No, we're so grateful uh, to Alex for being willing to come on the show. We really look forward to that next week. It's going to be awesome. Or next, and we next want two weeks. To, yes, two weeks. I know. Yeah. We get so excited. We always think of it being next week. Maybe we should Maybe we should go weekly. We probably should. Uh, we'll Every day. It. It's 24 hours. You could be like Big Brother. We should have our own, ch- just like a live stream channel. For, yeah, that sounds good. Just watch right. me toss and turn underneath the comforter. <laughs> I'm like, golly, this guy, no wonder he's tired. He's just <laughs> thrashing around in there. Sounds, uh, yeah, so invite people to contact us on Instagram and on Discord or by email. And you can find us at Board Game Faith on Instagram, boardgamefaith.com. And um, you'll find a link to our Discord server down below. And, um, yeah, and yeah. support us, be a part of things, get us to get us to think about new topics and guests and everything. And we are going to start reading a new book, if you're interested, Reality is Broken, which I don't know. So what is that, Daniel? Yeah, uh, Reality is Broken um, is um, um, by uh, um, Kate McGonigal. Um, and it's a really fascinating book. Um, she's, she's a fascinating author, um, just deeply into game theory and how it interacts with reality. Um, um, primarily video games, but, uh, but some non-video based games as well. And her, her central thesis is that, um, games can, 
uh, not just enhance reality and, and make it better in ways, but it it um, it actually can can help us to understand reality in some in some clearer ways as well. Really fascinating book. So yeah, if you want to start reading, reality is broken. Now um, we'll probably have our first discussion of it in about a month or so. Okay, yeah. I've not read it. So if if you all out there have not read it, read it with me. And if you're not into reading books, you don't have to. Just listen to us misconstrue Absolutely. a book. It'll be hilarious. Yep, yep. It's no our specialty. No, no reading necessary. We we misconstrue. <laughs> we misconstrue. That's <laughs> we when we imbue we misconstrue. But this here stew. What else can we Are do? Are you in the loo? Now I'm feeling blue. <laughs> My boo. <laughs> All for you. Um, Me and we, the crew. <laughs> thank you so much to um, to all of our listeners. Thank you so much for being on this journey with us this last um, episode. We're, we're so thankful for you and um, listening. And like Kevin said, we we love hearing from you all um, on Discord and. Like Kevin said, we have an email. It's info at boardgamefaith.com. We'd love to hear from you um, anytime. So just please know how grateful we are to, to all of you and um, really appreciate your letting us spend a few moments with you today. That's right. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Right. Take care, Kevin. Bye.